Okay, let's pray for Sunday school, please. Okay. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you today, Lord, just to... God, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to be here together, Lord, and in your house to hear your word, Lord, and ask you, Lord, just to... Lord, just be with us today. Lord, let these words be your words and not my words. And just open a heart, open a mind to, to this knowledge of your Bible and, and, and your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so we're, con we're con continuing to learn a little bit more about uh, God's omniscience. God's omniscience. And we talked about it last week, but we're getting into some more kind of implications of God's omniscience, you know, and, and uh, a, a Christian's belief, <clears throat> it, it, we believe in an all-knowing, omniscient God, right? And, and because we believe in that omniscient God, that should be directly tied to our daily life. And, and, you know, you can't have it separate. You believe in an omniscient God, but you live your life a separate way. And we're going to look at that. You've got to, it's got to all be tied together, right? So let's start off. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And let's read verses 12 and 13. The Bible says, For the word of God, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of, of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature <clears throat> that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open uh, unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Okay, we're talking about God here, right? So God is, is completely omniscient, right? And we are accountable to God, okay? Nothing in all of creation is God's sight. And that's what we're talking about here. Everything is uncovered. Everything is bare. Everything is completely naked before his eyes. And you're thinking, oh, you're talking about physical. No, it's talking about the heart. It says the intents of the, it said um, the, the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's stuff inside of you that no one else can see. You can hide lots of things from each other, but you can't hide anything from God. Okay, that's because he is omniscience. Okay, and because we we're uncovered and we're laid bare before his eyes, we have to give account of our, our lives to him. And that's how it's tied to us daily. And those thoughts and intents, that's that's they're the same, but they're different. They're in your mind and they're in your heart. But you have thoughts and you have intents. You have thoughts that pop in there that may be good, may be bad. But what are your intentions? You know, are they good or are they bad? They can be completely different. You know, um, it's just kind of like your body and soul. Your body and soul are different. One's spiritual, one's physical, but they're together. Okay. And that's what we're looking at. Let's look at Psalms 33. Psalms 33. And, and this talking about God is omniscient. We started last week and we're continuing this week. It should be very sobering and, and maybe even scary for some of us to think about God being this powerful, this omniscient. He sees everything. In Psalms 33, uh, we're going to read 15, 13 to 15. The Bible says, The Lord looketh from heaven. So that's where he's at. He's up in heaven. The Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. 
He fashioned their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. So these three verses tell us something pretty telling, right? Number one, he's in heaven. Number two, he created us. Number three, he looks at each and every one of us all day, every day, and every night. He sees everything we're doing. He sees everything we're thinking. Okay? So let's look at Proverbs. Proverbs 5, 21. As you're starting to think about, well, God's looking at me all the time. He's looking at me when I'm good. He's looking at me when I'm bad. He's, he knows what's in my mind right this second. That should be scary for some of us. Proverbs 5.21, the Bible says, For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. What does it mean, pondereth? That means he sees. God sees all our ways. It doesn't say some of our ways. It doesn't see just our physical ways. He sees all of our ways, physical or spiritual, mental, whatever. He sees it all, and he considers them. Think about that. He sees what you're physically doing, and he considers it, considers it, but he also sees what's inside your heart and your mind, and he considers it. Okay? Let's look at Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15, 3. The Bible says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Wow. So God sees everything, everywhere, and he sees all good and all evil. So basically there is nothing, nothing hidden from God, right? Look at Jeremiah. Let's go to old Jeremiah, see what he's got to say. Jeremiah 32 and 18 and 19. Jeremiah 32, verses 18 and 19 says, Thou showest loving kindness unto thousands and recompensest the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. That's scary right there. The great, the mighty God, the Lord of hosts is his name. <clears throat> great in counsel and mighty in work for thine eyes are upon all the ways of the sons of men to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Ouch, right? So God sees all the ways of each and every one of us, right? Then it says he gives to us according to what we do. What we do. And this is not just physically, this is mentally, right? So think about your thoughts. Just take a second and think about the thoughts you just had, let's say just this weekend. Okay, think about how you spoke to people this past week. How you've treated people, either good or bad. Now take all of that and think, would God reward you for the things you did and said and thought this week? Would he? How did you treat others? How did you, how did you interact? What did you think about others? What did you say to others? Is he going to reward you for that? Because he saw it. That's what we need to think about. So let's go to Let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. The Bible says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Let's read that again. See that all? That means nobody's exempt, right? 
For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. What is the word that would come to mind for that? That's accountability. That's accountability. Accountability for the Christian will ultimately take place at the judgment seat of Christ, right? And this is where God looks down on you and you're standing there in front of him and you're naked. You can't hide anything. You can't hide your face. You can't put on sunglasses to not look at him. You're standing there looking at him and here he judges us on everything we've done, everything we've said, everything we've thought. Think about what you're doing. Are you clean? Are you not clean? Are you going to be standing in front of him crying? I'm sure we all are. Because we're not, we do not live up to our potential with God. And that's on us, right? Let's, let's look at 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6. <clears throat> I guarantee you on that judgment seat day, there will be no arguing with Christ. There will be no shaking your fist or, or kicking the ground or having a temper tantrum. And there will be no running away. You're there and you're going to face him. And, you know, it's going to go good for some of us and bad for some of us. 1 Timothy 6. And let's look at um, verses 8 through 11. 1 Timothy 6, verses 8 through 11, the Bible says, And having food and raiment, let us... Therewith content. Let us be therewith content. It means be happy with what God gave you. That they, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. That's a scary verse, guys. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveth after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Verse 11. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. That's what you should be pursuing. That way, when you stand in front of that judgment seat of Christ, God looks down on you. And he says, well, I see that, you know, you got saved and then you followed after righteousness and godliness and faith and love and patience and meekness. Not after what? Those verses before talks about what money does to you. What is this world all about? It's about making money so you can buy more things. And it's destroying the world. It's destroying us. Okay. Let's look at first, uh, second Timothy. 222. 2 Timothy 2.22. This goes right along with it. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, and them that call on the, on the Lord out of a pure heart. A pure heart. What is he talking about pure? Can your heart be completely clean? No. Because we're sinful, we're born in sin, we have that sin nature. But pure means that you are, you are, you, every day you wake up, you're striving to follow God. To what? To please God. You're working for that. So when you do fail, you get it right with Him. You, you, God, I'm sorry. You know, and if you're a Christian, you're sorry before you even do it. You feel it. He's already hammering you. You know what you're going to do. You're stupid. But He's already there. Okay, 
That's because the Holy Ghost is inside of you. That's your little conscience, right? And because God is omniscient, we must be motivated to, to forsake sin, right? And, and to pursue what? What does it tell us? Pursue righteousness. We're pursuing our righteousness? No. We're trying to follow Jesus Christ's righteousness, His example that He set for us on this earth, right? And knowing that He sees us and, and, and knows everything, this alone, that right there alone, should make us do the right things, do the th right things every single time. You should be doing right all the time because you know God's right there watching you. But we're, we're, just, like, we're just like cattle. We're like, nope, I'm going to go push this fence down. You know, the farmer's watching me, but I don't care. Why do we do that? Why do we fail so bad? You know, we don't keep our eyes focused on Christ. We don't stay in this word of God. When you don't read, you get weak. When you don't pray, you get weak. You know, I've said this before, but what if you went, went a few days without eating? You might lose a few pounds, but you start to get weak. There's a point you start getting weak. What if you didn't drink water? Couldn't go very far. Three days, I think, is the max, and you're in serious shape. Same thing with the Word of God. So let's look at Psalms 119. Psalms 119. 119, verse 166. And we're going to read 166 to 168. The Bible says, Lord, I have opened... I, I'm sorry. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies for all my ways are before thee. What do we do? Well, we're seeing right here that we should strive to do everything we can to please God. Why? Because he's omniscient. And what does that word mean? That means he's seeing everything you do. He's watching you. You know, your people are afraid of the government putting up cameras and having Big Brother. Oh, how about a big God? He's watching you. You're not afraid of him, but you're afraid of the government. And there are, mo there are both uh, negative and positive aspects to God's omniscience, right? Well, negatively, what is it? God sees everything we do this wicked. Every bad thought. Every time we're mean to someone, every time we, we're, we're hateful or, or we think something bad or, you know, we say a bad word, whatever, he sees it. So that's kind of negative for us, not negative for him because he's our judge, right? So let's look, go to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. Genesis 4, 8 through 13. <clears throat> the Bible says, and Cain, talked, and, and Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel, thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Liar. And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now... Art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand? When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. 
Wow. So he did the crime, but he doesn't want to do the time, right? But we see Cain here. He thought if he killed his brother Abel while they're off in the field, no one would know who was around, right? Mom and dad's back at the house. We're way out in the wilderness, right? We're out here tending the flocks, whatever they're doing. But they're way out in the field. He thought, I can kill him. I can kill him and nobody will know, right? How many people do that today? They kill someone they don't know, okay? How many thoughts do you have bad about other people and you think that person doesn't know? How have you talked to, what about gossip? Talking behind somebody's back and you think they won't know, right? Same thing. Well, it, it might have been possible to hide the murder from other people. You know, Cain maybe have told his mom and dad, oh, I don't know where Abel went. He must have ran away, you know? But God saw it, right? And he judged him for it. And that's the same thing with us. We're going to be judged for our, for our evil deeds. And because of Cain's jealousy, he was completely jealous of Abel. Because of his jealousy, he suffered the punishment from God. And what did he say? This punishment is more than I can bear. More than I can bear. Do you have jealousy in your heart? If you do, God sees it. Is your punishment going to be more than you can bear because of your own jealousy? Get it right. Let's go to Joshua. Let's go to Joshua chapter 7. We're going to read a few verses in Joshua chapter 7. Let's read verse 1. Let's start there. Joshua chapter 7 verse 1 says, But the children of Israel uh, committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabadi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing... And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Let's drop down to 4 and 5. It says, So there went up, up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them 36 men, for they chased them from, from before the gate even unto Sarabim, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Okay, let's jump down to uh, verse 10, 10 through 12. Let's see what happens now. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, <clears throat> wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the cursed thing, and I have also, and, and have also stolen and dismembered, uh, disassembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Jump down to 15. And it shall be that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire. He and all he hath because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. So what have we seen so far? So here we are. The people of Israel go up against this other people. God blessed them. You know, they, they, they wiped them out. But God said, don't take anything. Don't take even nothing from these people because it's full of sin. And old Achan, he saw something, didn't he? And he put it in his pocket and he went back to his tent and he dug a little hole and buried it in his tent. So because his sin, and we saw his sin brought upon Israel, right? And what happened? Then they went up and they went to fight and they lost. They lost because of Achan's sin and 36 men died. So now because of his sin, 36 men is dead. Well, let's, let's keep going. Let's look at Joshua 19 through 21. 
And Joshua said to Nacon, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus, and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold, and fifty shekels weight, then I covered them, and I took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent, and the silver under it. So he admitted it. Well, they, they, they lost 36 men in battle. They got beat and they had to run away because of this guy's sin. So he finally admitted it. He came out and said, yes, I stole all these things that I knew I wasn't supposed to take. But let's look at verse 24 and 25. It says, And Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold, and his sons, and his daughters, and his oxen, and his asses, and his sheep, and his, and his tent, and all that he had, and they brought him, brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones, and burned them with fire, after they had stoned them with stones. So Achan disobeyed God, right? He stole from those that they had defeated in battle. Well, initially his sin brought 36 men died, right, because of his sin. And then after Achan's sin was revealed, his entire household was wiped out because of his greed. It's because you can't hide anything from God. He thought he could dig a hole and hide it in his tent. Didn't happen, right? That's because of greed. Do you have greed in your heart? God sees it just like he sees Achan's. God knows everything and he judges us accordingly. Remember the verse we read? He judges us accordingly to our deeds, right? Let's look at 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 3. <clears throat> 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 3 says... Talk no more so exceedingly proud. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by Him actions are weighed. So do you have pride and arrogancy? God sees it. Let's look at Psalms 44. Psalms 44. 20 and 21. The Bible says, If we have forgotten the name of our God... Or stretched out our hand to a strange God, shall not God search this out? For he knoweth all, for he knoweth the secrets of the heart. So God sees when we forget him, right? God sees when other people or other things become more important to us than him. What do you have in your life that is a God? Is it a thing? Is it a person? Do you have someone or something that you are more, is more important to you than God? If you do, you have a strange God and he sees it, right? Psalms 90, Psalms 90 verse 8. <clears throat> the Bible says, Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. God sees even our most secret sins because they're, they're not revealed by man's flashlights, right? They're not revealed by a big spotlight. They're revealed by the light of his countenance. That's pretty holy. That's some pure light, right? 
That's what our secret sins are, are revealed by, by his light. Let's look at Psalms 94, verses 3 through 9. <clears throat> the Bible says, Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? How long shall they utter and speak hard things and all the workers of iniquity boast themselves? <clears throat> they break in pieces thy people, O Lord, and afflict thine heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, The Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Understand, ye brutish among the people, and ye fools, when will you be wise? He that planteth the ear shall not shall he not hear? He that formed the eye shall he not see? This is, they're doing evil. They're doing sin. But it says right there, God's going to see it. He sees everything. They think they're hidden from God, but they're not. Okay, let's look at his Isaiah 29. Isaiah 29, 15. The Bible says, woe. Remember, when it starts off with woe, God's trying to get your attention, right? Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord and their works are in the dark. And they say, who seeth us and who knoweth us? Okay. God sees all our sins, no matter how hard we try to hide it, no matter how dark we think it is. We can turn all the lights off, shut the windows, crawl under the covers, put a box on our head and crawl in a bucket. God still sees it. Amen. It doesn't matter. Okay, and it's not just the physical, guys. It's your minds, your hearts. Jerem he knows it. So let's go to Jeremiah again. Jeremiah 16, 16, 17. The Bible says, for mine eyes are upon all their ways. They are not hid from my face. Neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes. God sees all our ways. This right here, again, nothing is hidden from God. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. The Bible says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Oh, that's true. Well, look at the next verse. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the, the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Wow, that's not very good. First verse, our hearts are deceitfully wicked, right? Next verse, God sees it. You can't hide it. You cannot hide it. Okay? Let's go to Hosea. Hosea. If you know your books of the Bible, you know where Hosea is, right? If you don't, right now you're panicking. Hosea 7, verse 2. The Bible says, and they consider not in their hearts that I remember all their wickedness. Now their own doings have beset them about. They are before my face. So God not only sees everything good and evil, he remembers everything good and evil. You can't even get past it. He remembers everything. Okay, Re Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. The Bible says, Behold, I will cast her into a bed. <clears throat> excuse me. 
And them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except that they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and the hearts. We just heard that. Searcheth the reins and the hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Okay? He searches the reins and the heart. The reins and the heart. That means he searches your your acts that you do and the things you think everything he searches everything god will judge everyone and those who are not saved will receive according to their evil works so if you're not saved you got a real bad judgment day coming because everything you've done from the day you're born to the day you die you'll stand there and you're not going to be able to run and hide you have to face him Face this God that you fought against all your life. You're going to face this God that you, you might have been part of the atheist group and said there is no God and fight against it all your life. But at that moment, there's no more fighting. There's a realization that this is the God that created you and now he's judging you. And that's a scary place to be, right? That's a very sobering thought, right? God knows each person through and through. That's a sobering thought. And, and can be, he can be the cause. It could be the cause of maybe you're, you're scared and you're shaking with fear. You know, that you're not scared of anything else. But think about it. There's nothing you can hide from him, right? You can't hide some un, unforsakable sin. You can't hide some secret crime that's committed against another person or God. That's a pretty sobering thought, right? Let's go back to Isaiah. Let's look at Isaiah again. Isaiah 40, and let's look at 27 and 28. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator, so we're finding out which God we're talking about right there, right? He gives us pedigree. The everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not ouch neither is he weary uh oh there is no searching his understanding so he doesn't faint he's not weary he sees everything he knows everything and he remembers everything nothing is hidden from this omniscient god not any evil but also not any good things he sees both he sees everything let's go to hebrews Hebrews chapter 6. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. The Bible says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your works and labor of love, which ye have shown toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Okay, so God rewards us to our good fruit, right? So maybe you give a gift to someone and you do it anonymously. God still knows. God still knows. You know, maybe you, you actually stop and get a, a McDonald's value meal and hand it to a homeless person. And nobody knows but you and that homeless person. God knows. God knows. You know, maybe you're on your knees every day praying for someone. And guess who knows? The person you're praying for doesn't know. You know, and God knows. He knows what you're doing. And those are your fruits, right? 
Those are your fruits and he will reward us according to our fruits. We should keep our eyes on God because he's keeping his eyes on us. Okay, let's look at Psalms 139. Psalms 139. Psalms 139 and verse 23 and 24. The Bible says, Search me, O God. That's a scary thing to say, right? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me into the way everlasting. That is really, really scary. Okay, well, we saw what was David doing? He was asking God to examine him for any wicked ways that he did not know of. So David already knew his own, his own wicked ways. The same way with us. We know when we're doing something wicked. We know when we're doing something wrong. But how many times has maybe somebody come to you and said, hey, this is something you did wrong. And you're like, no, I didn't. Maybe you're in denial. Maybe you don't want to admit it, but maybe it's something you don't realize. Right. So. Have you ever seriously asked God to come to you and search you and search your heart for any wicked ways? Have you ever done that? That's very sobering. And, and you might want to do it and then just be quiet for a while and let him talk to you. Because I guarantee you, we all have that. We all have that. All right. Let's go to Psalms 26, verse 2. Psalm 26, verse 2. The Bible says, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me that my reins and my heart. Prove me, I'm sorry, try my reins and my heart. What is he talking about? Try means to examine, right? And, and that reigns talks about test my heart. So David is asking God to test him and make sure his life pleased God, right? David realized that he could not possibly hide anything from God. So he invited God to search him out and reveal his shortcomings. Have we ever done that? God, reveal my shortcomings to me. And like I said, you might want to set, a, set aside a block of time because I'm sure he's got a lot to tell you. But you better be ready to listen, right? Shut down your pride for a minute and listen to the God that created you. Let's go to Matthew chapter 10. Some very sobering thoughts, isn't it? Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 and 31. Matthew 10, 29 through 31. The Bible says... Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are more valuable than many sparrows. Many sparrows, right? So what are we seeing here? We're seeing that God's omniscience is not only, not only a cause for concern, but also for comfort, right? He's so omniscient that he sees everything and we have value to him. He loves you. He loves you over the sparrows, right? So he sees there. He's preparing his way for you every day. He prepared this day for you. Now, are you going to follow him this day or are you going to fight against him? He prepared a church for you to be in. But if you decided to stay home, 
You just, you just did something unrighteous against God. He wants you to come here and fellowship and learn about him. But maybe you're just doesn't feel like it. Yeah, we run on feelings a little too much. And that's, that's a bad, bad place for us to be, right? So let's look at 2 Chronicles 16. 2 Chronicles 16. This morning I was going back through my verses and I was looking at uh, 2 Corinthians. There is no chapter 16. I was really upset for a second. 2 Chronicles 16, 9 and 10. The Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, Okay, to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. That's amazing right there. That's a winning thing, right? Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Then Asa was wroth with the seer and put him in a prison house, for he was in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people, uh, oppressed some of the people the same time. So what are we talking about here? Well, well, Christians should be happy and rejoice. Why? Because God is omniscient. Because God is watching over us. No one can lie to him about us, right? Even when Satan goes to him and lies to us about us, he goes, no, I know the truth. I know the truth. And remember, Satan's accusing you all day long, every day. He doesn't stop. He's there, boy. So when you do something wrong, God, Satan's on it. Satan's on it, right? No false accusation, no false accusations can stick to us because God knows he's omniscient. So nothing from the past can be brought up to him about us. So our past is done. Once you're saved, it's done. Okay. He knows it, but he doesn't judge you on it no more. It's over, right? The past has got to go. So we can't judge each other on the past when we do. We're sinning against God and we're sinning against that other person, right? It's done. He's already talked to about it. He already talked to us about it. He already knew it. He knew it was going to happen. He knew when it happened. He knows it happened. He let it go. No weakness can be brought up against us and used against us. Because why? Because God already knows about your weaknesses. He's omniscient. We have to realize this. This is the God we serve, right? Go one more verse. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I hope this, is, hope this is sobering for people today and you'll really examine your lives. And if you're brave, you'll ask God to examine them and bring that to your knowledge. Acts chapter 2, verse 23. The Bible says, Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by the wicked hands have crucified and slain. So God knows the future. Why? Because he ordained it. He already knew it. Nothing can surprise God. He knows the past. He knows the present. He knows the future. He can see your physical doings. He can see in your heart. He can see your thoughts. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're going to do. Right? God knows all that can be known. He is omniscient. He knows instantly and with a fullness of perfection. And that includes every possible item of knowledge concerning everything that exists or could have existed anywhere in the universe. Think about that. That is omniscience. And this happens, this knowledge, it, it's at any time, past, present, or future, right? It doesn't matter how much time goes by. He knew it. 
doesn't how many, how many, if, if the world lasts another 2,000 years, he knows what's going to happen 2,000 years from now. It doesn't matter. He's that omniscient. Our God is omniscient. And as a Christian, you should live your life knowing that this omniscient God is watching you. And you should be serving him. Okay? Today, you think about it. Today, think about it. Are you right with God today? Or is there something in there? Right? Is there something in your heart? Is there something in your mind that you're wrong with God? Now, think about this. Today, is there something in your heart and something in your mind that you're wrong with someone else? Because if you're wrong with someone else, guess what? You're wrong with God. So get it right. Because guess what? God is omniscient. God sees it. God knows it. Okay? So we really need to think about this God that we serve. He's that omniscient. We really need to examine ourselves, right? Okay, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you today, Lord, to thank you for this moment, Lord, this, this just time to look at your omniscience, Lord, and I hope we don't take it, take it lightly, Lord, and it should be a very sobering thought that you are the God that created us, and you know everything, past, present, and future, Lord, and, and once we're saved, our past is gone, Lord, and Lord, but our future's still here, and we should, we should live every day of our lives, Lord, to, to please you in, in the present, Lord, and, and to please you in the future, Lord, and I ask you, Lord, that if we're not right with you, Lord, if we're not right with others, Lord, that, that we ask you to examine ourselves and bring it out. And, Lord, that we get it down to the altar today and make it right, Lord. And just start this year, 2024, in, in a year that we serve you in, 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 in righteousness. And, and, Lord, and just that everything we do is just to please you, Lord. I ask you all these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.